Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Let's do it. Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks with Kevin Dows and Freddie Rivas. I didn't plan that. No, it just um, came out. Yeah, that was. It was like someone had my man parts in a vice. Well, I mean, it's noon. More energy. Yeah, it's and, noon. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. If someone, I haven't had breakfast yet. I've just had two coffees, guys. So. Yeah. If some. Yeah. Same here. If, if somebody oh. had my man parts in a vice, I'd be. <laughs> I wouldn't make a sound, first yeah. of all. <laughs> Second of all, I'd be like dialing 911. You know what I mean? I'd be yeah. so fucking scared for my life. What would you say to a 911 dispatcher? I have my genitals in a vice. Yeah, yeah it would Taken be. Taken out of the vice. <laughs> it would be an absolute nightmare. Um, I'm Freddie. I'm Kevin. And I'm Matt Duncan. Welcome to the uh, Confederacy of Dunks basketball podcast. Thanks for joining us in the off season, everybody. Yeah, uh, we got. I, I got a fun house. I, I made up a fun game. I hope. I hope it's oh. not too stupid and it's kind of cool. Um, we're we're going to get to it, but first we're going to intro our uh, special guest. I believe it's his second time on the podcast. Maybe his third. Mm, I think it's the third. It's yeah. The third. Yep. Well, give it up for Matthew McCready. Hey, it's good to be back. Good to be back, back. Good to be back. Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> Chronicles of Riddick. Which uh, reminds me, happy birthday, Vin Diesel. He's fifty years old today. Hey, oh, look at that! Congratulations. <laughs> Wait, did you actually just younger. have that queued up? <laughs> I saw it today on like IMDb. It's like, oh, fifty. There you go. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm just picturing you waking up at 9 a.m. Yeah. scouring IMDb. I go right um, to the birthdays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it comes up. Uh, how you doing, uh, Matt? I feel great. Um, yeah, it's, it's it is early, and I am a night owl, and I work evenings. So, oh dear. Well, uh, bad. Bad. Never mind. Mm. I'm backtracking. I'm we've, very bad right we've now. We've done a no. terrible thing having Matt out at the sour. <laughs> and and we are basically in Etobicoke, and Matt lives on the East End. So yes, thank you very much. Time. And yeah. It's very sunny today too, and it's a long <laughs> walk from the subway to get here. Um, yes. How, are you melting or what? I'm very pale, uh, and the sun. Uh, I might be burning. <laughs> um, but you know what? I'm really excited to talk about um, whatever it is we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. perfect, awesome. Well, you made it made a trek here. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really guess... like making the host feel bad at, right at the top. Of yeah, I, th- oh, I think I think I'm mad at you for having me. Is the vibe we go for on this on the show? <laughs> totally. I'm um, mad about you. Uh, <laughs> tell me why, Paul. Right. <laughs> uh, 
uh, real quick, um, this happened last week, but uh, we didn't tape then, so we're going to talk about it now. Um, got some got some Raptors moves that happened. Can't wait to hear you guys mm-hmm. talk about this. Mm-hmm. Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> Can you please do that during all the intros? <laughs> like pretend to be an uh, an audience member. Yeah. That's just just a little <laughs> bit easily easily Ooh, entertained. <laughs> what are they gonna say? Um, um, yeah, that music was the sound of Corey Joseph and Damari Carroll strutting out of town. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah. I think one will be more missed than the other. I think <laughs> yes, I think so. Assessment. I think that's pretty fair. Um, you know, Corey Joseph delivering a very nice Instagram post, thanking the city of Toronto, saying it's all, it'll always be home. Yeah. It was a dream. Uh, Damari Carroll getting out a can of kerosene, <laughs> just sprinkling <laughs> yeah. it all over the bridge. Yeah, on uh, your thank you uh, Twitter post, don't put Brooklyn on the second half of the the photo. Yeah. That was his first error. That, well, that was. Let's ooh, just okay. say goodbye. Can you explain to, this to, just because? Yeah, know. yeah. I actually okay. didn't see that either. Go I, for it. Oh, okay. Well, just so so like he Damari Carroll when he posted like his thank you to Toronto, half the photo was like of the Toronto fans, and then the second half was of Brooklyn. <laughs> just oh. the city, not the fans. Just the, yeah, like I think the fans. Um, there was, like, there was just all the all, all the people displaced you by know, the Barclays Center. Yeah. yeah, save it for the next tweet. That's all I'm saying. You know, like yeah. Don't but he had, to, he had to use his next tweet for bashing the <laughs> yeah. the team and the system and the coaching <laughs> and the players. My favorite thing about that whole thing is like every Toronto fan's like. He made a lot of good points, but I'm angry at him for telling yes. the truth. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that, that that was my prevailing feeling because I was like, first of all. Um, Can't really argue with that. And, and it seems it. like some people forgot that when he came over from Atlanta, everyone was like, how's he going to do? Because Atlanta, like, everyone touches the ball, everyone passes, and we have DeMar, Casey, and Lowry who love not sharing. Yeah. And, um, everyone, and everyone was like, well, the thing is, when he comes, we'll share more. Yeah. And it'll be better because we're going to pass more and we're going to be more of a team. And then that didn't happen. And he was, like, pretty he, – he did the good, you know, basketball thing of, like, not complaining about it too much. Yeah. But also – Letting it be known. Yep. It's kind of... So, oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, he was like, like, like this exiting thing, like, it, this isn't out of nowhere. No. He straight up was promised a bigger um, share of the offensive load. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we can go into his injuries and his poor play. But I mean, just that aside, uh, when a player is promised something, doesn't get it, and then calls the team out for it in a respectful manner, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Right? I would say it was like slightly disrespectful in the in the same way of like, you know, I'm moving on from a job and I'm going to like use that opportunity to publicly talk shit about my old boss kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But again, not like not not his sentiments. It doesn't seem like we're isolated to just him. Because Patrick Patterson was like, I'm not re-signing with the yes, team. Yes. I want yeah. out of here. And uh, yeah. PJ Tucker was like, Toronto. I will take much less to play somewhere else than play there. That's a good um, point. I mean, yeah. like... He we, actually got the same amount of... Or no, only a million less, but it was over a longer period, I think. Right. Yeah, well, so it's, it's an extra year. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, if you break down the yearly thing, it is a pretty significant. Like, it's a huge pay cut for a guy. guy yeah, he's never got a huge yeah. deal. Totally, he's uh, going right, for his like yeah. final contract. Like, um, I know we're kind of jumping around here, but I just wanted to say a theory I had on Patterson, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is 
I think he has one of the most like bafflingly kind of like affordable, awesome contracts of this yeah. offseason. Yeah. Yeah. For, well, if you look at it compared to like Taj Gibson. Oh, yeah, exactly. Taj Gibson or Tim Hardaway or, or, or lots of people because he, he had a, um, you know, he has all the tools to be a player who, who would have made yeah. big money. Um, I mean, I mean for a role player. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think, I think there's a little bit there where I, I wonder if behind the scenes he was like, I'm going to be respectful. I'm, uh, I, I like coming off the bench, but he was a little bit like, you guys didn't start me mm-hmm. for like two years. And if you did, I would be way richer than I am now. Yeah, so you kind sure. of kibosh my contract opportunity. Yeah. So you do not have a chance of re-signing me and don't even talk to me. I'm not going to do an exit interview. Oh, I'm not going to do anything. This is just a theory I yeah. have. You know what? To, I, I know I'm the Twitter thank you correspondent today, but <laughs> I noticed with Pat Pat that I, that uh, he did not thank the Raptors Nation or anything for. I think he like, had an. Ins- I think he had an Instagram. On Inst- but yeah. it, it mm. took a while though. Yeah. he changed everything to Oklahoma, and then like five or six days after, then he was finally like, "Thank you." And, yeah. You no, know. mm. so, you're checking so, in on IMDb. Uh, you yeah. count the days. So, so. Vin- yeah. Matt's our link <laughs> to the world. <laughs> I'm trying to create a conspiracy theory yeah. or something. Or, yeah. I'm working on it, guys. Um, so anyways, you know, the yeah. thing with Patterson, he also played himself out of a contract in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I think it was like, a real tough year. I mean, a lot of people yeah. thought that he was going to be making like 16 or 17 million. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And also, it's like, I think last year was like all the new TV money, insane Mozgov, Dang, Mozgov is the name of the movie yeah. that <laughs> made for last season's offseason. It's seriously, though, or like Noah. Noah yeah. should be out of the NBA. I mean, that's just Phil Jackson. More yeah, so than right. Cap, yeah. We brought up Tim Hardaway. And, well, I guess that's just the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, Knicks, Knicks gonna Knicks, as yeah. they say. Um, who knows? Maybe that was a Dolan move a little bit. The Noah thing. Yeah, I could see might that. have been. Uh, I think that's an important thing to consider in our in our later game. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think people like Dolan. Totally. Well, and I, I think it's like a it's kind of a, like a a cocktail of like bad luck for. <laughs> Um, for Patrick Patterson. But I also think that a big part of it is like, you know, if he's not playing with DeRozan and Lowry, he just gets the ball more, period. Yeah. Um, well, that's and, not going to happen in yeah. OKC. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. But like... Um, he's never going to touch it. That's, a, that's actually a really good point. But um, yeah, I think he loved the city of Toronto, but we're seeing that um, kind of how corrosive bad ball movement can be. Mm-hmm. And anyways, I think that that all brings us back to Damari Carroll. Yep. Where, uh, ISO ball. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> that's the, the sound that. of Damar just dribbling. <laughs> yes. Yeah, by himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I think, you know, it's, it's fun to be part of like a winning culture, but, um, yeah, it's also you know, fun to get to play. Yeah. It's also fun to get to play. And, um, I think what's yeah what's what's what Matt touched on um, early on about uh, us all being angry. Do you want to call call me McCready maybe? Just yeah, so there's mm-hmm. like a I, I was just thinking that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I won't take Mc... offense. I've, yeah. I've grown up a Matt. I know what it's like. Yeah, it's always forty Matts. <laughs> I've every grown class. up a Matt. <laughs> I had a class where there was thirteen boys uh, in grade six and four Matts. <laughs> that's a uh, that's nuts. Yeah, it was really popular name. Was year. was there like was that in grade six? Was there two grade sixes? They should have split you guys up. Uh, there were two grade sixes, but they did not split us up. Yeah, Whitby, you know what it's like. Oh yeah, Whitby. Yeah. Oh, we haven't we never talked about this. Because mm. um, I went to high school. We, we both lived in yeah. Whitby at some point. I lived yeah. in Ajax. I've got the whole... 
Um, Durham, baby. Durham. Let's do it. Sorry, sorry. Real sidetrack. Sorry, Real engineer side Matt Atobico over there. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah. So, Atobico. so with Carroll, like I think it is frustrating because you know he didn't bring the bare minimum defense. Yeah, uh, he didn't bring the bare minimum shot making. Um, he, <laughs> he brought some pretty fun drives to the basket. Though. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh man, like I, I would always say with Demari Carroll, like he looks like me playing basketball. Like, awkward and, like, having a little bit of back pain at all times. Well, like, <laughs> uh, this might come into the coaching thing. But, I mean, Dem- Carroll played really well in his first few months. And then he, he had, I think it was plantar fasciitis. Yeah. He had some sort of injury. Yeah. And he just kept playing, like, 35 minutes a game until he injured something else, which is yeah. just bound to happen because totally. of uh, a lot of reasons. Um, and then he was just never the same after that. Yeah, pretty much. And he's at that. And I know uh, I, I've heard Scuttlebutt through a lot of different podcasts and such uh, that Atlanta was very worried about how he was going to age and his body mm. in general when Toronto oh, wow. signed him. Interesting. Um, so to just like keep Because growing. they offered him a contract, just not as much. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, but like for the Raptors to just keep rolling the dice with him and hoping that he wouldn't get injured was... Uh, it's the Raptor way. Yeah. Yeah, I still started noticing i mean like uh not to do a whole nother sidetrack and and we've talked about this so we don't have to go for it but i started but we're gonna no- go for it i started noticing the the raptors training stuff around amir amir johnson yeah. was when i was yep. like wait a second we have injured players and we just force them to keep playing oh oh we can go all the way back to alvin williams yeah like go. but but i remember like, at some That's point the raptors had, had a <laughs> at some point the raptors had a good reputation because i think there was a year where nobody got injured Something that, like that. Well, that, I mean, Demar also plays a ton. And yeah, he, get he plays a really physical style. Maybe that's just his personal conditioning. Could be for sure. But yeah, but yeah, like our training staff. Well, Mir would be limping around the oh. court mm. all the time. The Raptors are like fourteen and fifty-five. Um, but no, we'll just keep busting yeah. him out there. Totally. I mean, yeah, obviously Lowry and, and, and Carol and yeah, we've just been rolling out injured guys. Well, Lowry's who, always had injury problems. Yeah. yeah but he has these weird, like he's, kind he of, he also like, just leads the league in minutes and plays his body to dust every year. For yeah. Them. He's an unath- unathletic, small point guard who leads the league in minutes. Good thing you signed that player to a long-term deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, let's, let's shift into that for a second. Just, um, we have to touch on each contract individually, but yeah, well, Matt, what's your feel on, on the roster next year? And, and are you, are uh, you? Uh, yeah, I, I heard a kind of interesting theory that I agreed on. Uh, the Raptors, you know, they're three years away. They had this core for basically the next three years. Yeah. yeah. Um, if they were to like, the, pretty much the the only options they had was bring back the score or tear the whole thing down. Um, which would take years. Which would take years. Yeah. And if you were going to tear it all down, then you're going to be go. You're the young players are going to be getting are pretty much going to be going up against the young players of Philadelphia and Boston for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And so, do you want to have the same time frame as them, or mm. do you want to be three years later when those cores are getting super expensive and you'll have they'll have to break it up to some degree? Yeah. Um. So I heard that I was like, okay, I'm kind of cool with it. At the same time, I like kind of like. Either you you like the car that you have, but it's like kind of rusty. But you could get this like maybe I don't know maybe save up for a new car. This analogy makes no sense. No, uh, yeah, I started. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you just want it's. It'd be nice to think about saving money and buying something kind of cool in the future instead of just rolling back and doing some repairs on a car totally. that will never win the race. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's I don't have season tickets, right? If I had season tickets, I would be happy that this happened because I don't have to watch the games. Yeah, yeah, I I do have season tickets, I, and I, yeah, I'm very very happy yeah. this happened. Um, I was just listening to a podcast with, uh, I think it was uh, the Ion Basketball podcast with um, with James Herbert, um, the the Raptors kind of correspondent for them, and 
he made a point I've heard a couple times, which is like you can like it's only happened a couple times ever in NBA history where multiple free agents. Ha, like big time free agents have joined a franchise in one year. Mm-hmm. For the most part, it's piece by piece. It's Harden, which opens you up to get Howard, which didn't work, but then opens you up to get Paul. So if you think about even like uh, OKC, it's like, oh yeah, uh, they got Paul George. That's so dumb. He's going to leave or whatever. It's like, or it's some weird magical stroke where he doesn't leave because he looks at Alonzo Ball and he's like, no, I'm not playing with him. Hmm. Or anyway, I want to play with Westbrook. And we won 60 games this year. And guess what? Um, Wall, or not what? Not Wall, but like some big free agent wants to join OKC. And I think like a lot of like big time assembling of like really good teams is piece by piece mm-hmm. by piece. So that's why I think staying relevant is really important. Like you just need to... St- be in that, especially for a franchise like the Raptors, where you're never, ever going to have some offseason where it's like, oh, my God, LeBron and Chris Paul are coming here. They're assembling all their friends and the banana boat's happening in Toronto. It's like, that's not how <laughs> Toronto works. So I think staying relevant is huge. Yeah. Uh, j- just uh, I, I pictured them, sorry, just at like the flooded island on a banana boat. And it was, it was hilarious. <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> uh, poor Chris Bosh. Uh, to, I just saw something when you were talking about that, and I, I've been watching a lot of ball in summer league, Alonzo yeah. Ball. Mm. Um, and he looks great. He looks great. Yeah. He looks like so. And here's the thing: if Boston wants stars to come and sign with their team, if they're trying to build all these stars, what star would rather play with Tatum than Ball? I know Ball is like the ultimate like he's, he's I'm a selfish player. I want to play with like what seems like to be like the most unselfish. Yeah, uh, it's like the main. Knock on ball as a prospect is that his usage w- uh, rate was very low for a collegiate player, which is exactly what you want if you're like, totally. you know, uh, Westbrook or Paul George or something. And he barely dribbles even. There's like he encourages movement. Like if you want a guy who's going to create a culture, that's oh. that's like such a good place to start. He's Yeah. I've, he looks fantastic. Like I, I haven't admittedly, I've probably only watched like. You know, a couple different like the, of those nine minute condensed highlights for. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, where you see none of the ghastly turnovers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, he's not very good at dribbling. But like, <laughs> I, I would say, I would say like Ball looks like the number one pick. I think so. Yeah, um, right now anyway. I mean, Dennis like, Smith Jr. could be one of those guys who just takes takes uh, rookie of the year. And I, I, like, Jr. Man, that guy's got hops. He's yeah, got he's crazy yeah, hops. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think people like. You know, it's unfortunate that Fultz got injured because mm. I'm sure he looks like a complete package. I'm sure. But I think that like, like, you know, things are, it's all like relevancy or like recency bias or whatever. But like in a lot of people's minds, Fultz is already like the sixth best guy in the draft. He's been like bumped so, so insane. That oh, I know. It just happens so fast. Meaningless like, summer league. Is yeah. What's, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Philly's like, no, he's not. Watch. Yeah. Well, um, see, what would be your over/under for total games played by Simmons, Fultz, and Embiid this year? Like all together, all together, yeah. Probably so like 246 would be the max. You know, I, I'm gonna I, be optimistic. I can say 180. 180. Wow, I'm going way lower than that. I was, I was gonna Embiid. Yeah, I guess I was gonna say 100. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd go like 150. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't see like Fultz. I'm just, just so an ankle I'm thing, right? so right. worried about Embiid's body and it. Yeah, Embiid like, me to say Simmons it is I only going to play if he feels absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. What uh, was his injury? Foot. Uh, yeah, it was a broken foot. Oh, the foot stuff is really nagging. Yeah, yeah um, especially and people don't realize like how tall mm-hmm. like he is. He's this, like 6'10". This like very tall mobile thing is like keeps being like no, don't do that to a body. Yeah, I feel like it keeps happening. Um, Joseph, should we talk about that quick? Yeah, mm-hmm. let's yeah, let's just like like uh, wrap up the wraps here. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'll just I'll just open this by saying, 
Uh, I think Joseph was awesome for our franchise, but I think that uh, as far as like ceiling, looks like he's hit it. And I don't think, I don't see Joseph becoming, you know, like, or, uh, you know, at some point getting a faster release or being much more efficient with the ball. I think, who, who knows? Like, he had some really good games starting, but uh, I, as far as the Raptors getting rid of him, He's a lost. He was already a lost asset. Yeah. Like we weren't mm-hmm. gonna have the money to re-sign him. Like signing. Do you think they could have gotten something for him though? They got nothing for him. Well, we got Miles. They, they essentially got CJ Miles. The the organization of the deal was structured differently because of cap space, but it was essentially, I think, a Miles for a Joseph trade. Well, I, I think I think you can even like like um, kind of like pan out further. I think it was basically um, Carol. And Joseph for Miles Hamilton. Oh, sorry, Carol Joseph and those two picks. Yeah, for for Miles um, and Hamilton, which we uh, very quickly waived. Yeah. So I think it was like a salary dump, and then also we got the you know basically the fifth best three point shooter in the NBA from spot up, and uh, it was all kind of like it happened at night and then in the morning. It was all one transaction basically. I, obviously, it wasn't, but I mean like right. for Masai and Co. I just heard different takes where people have said, like, why couldn't the, like, the Raptor, like, even, like, the Dunked On guys who seem very uh, uh, in tune with the cap Mm -hmm. uh, and legal ramifications of things are questioning. Everyone should listen to that podcast, by the way. Yeah, it's Uh, very good. If you ever want to understand how the money works in the NBA, those guys are amazing. Um, And they are confused why the Raptors, like, maybe they did and maybe there was no market for it. But for a person who's, like, clearly at least a, you know, above average backup point guard, for Mm -hmm. sure. Uh, for seven million one year, like a second round pick, you know, a couple second rounders, a late first seems possible, maybe. But okay, I guess what I'm confused about it, it didn't um Miles do a sign and trade? No. Oh, they traded him for like uh, I, for thought, a, like, I think they I, traded I, him I, for I, a player exception. Or yeah, something, like a, right? no, it's a, a, no, it was uh, yeah. for a uh, a guy that they picked in t- uh, that Indiana picked in 2009 who was never going to come to the NBA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. nine year old journeyman. The I thought guy. Yeah. I thought that Indiana was like, listen, we know you want Miles. Um, to but I mean, pay- they have nothing to do with Miles. Miles is unrestricted free agent, so they could just. Like and it wasn't a so was he yeah I I, for some reason when the trade happened or I mean like this is new to me because I totally thought that they were like listen if you give us Joseph we'll we'll allow you to give Miles the money he wants because in unrestricted free agency like you can't pay him that amount of money right I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I I I might just be wrong. Well, I, I, no, then, I, then otherwise, I'm with you, and the trade makes no sense. There, there was because it's like it was essentially the trade allowed the Miles signing to happen. So in essence, it was Joseph for Miles. But I f- and I think that it was like an agreed upon thing. But I think the the way I, like the way it was arranged also changed like three different times. The reporting yeah. of it, right? Um, so maybe it just like was originally a signed trade, but then it fell apart, and they're like, okay, well, we'll send you Joseph anyways. Yeah. Um, like which is I, weird because I feel like they could have like yeah. thrown Joseph in to the Brooklyn thing and at least saved a second round pick. Yeah, you know what I mean or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, although that second round pick is hilarious because we got it for for Jeff Weltman. That's right. Yeah. So that's oh. we we got it for a, when, for an yeah. assistant GM when Weltman so went such to an yeah. excess pick. It's insane. Yeah. 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 He was the GM at the time. And he he we're, we're gonna, oh right right right. Oh, but uh, sorry. Like it's one of those things where he's the GM for sure. Messiah's the GM. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like like. Like when it comes down, I always feel like who's making the final decision? 
Is it Messiah or Weltman? Yeah. I feel like it's got to be Messiah. Yeah. 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 Can you guys just quickly touch on uh, the JV situation? Apparently, like, it must be getting really annoying for Messiah right now because he's been trying to trade him since the deadline. Went heavily on the draft day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, it seems like it's the final point of the restructuring that they're going through is to get rid of him. But everybody's saying that he's, like, the type of big man that doesn't exist anymore. So it doesn't look like he's <laughs> he's going to stay here and also take his player option because he knows he's not going to make that much money again, right? I would hold on to him. He's, 20, he's 24. I, me too. I can't imagine his value yeah. gets any worse this yeah. year. Totally yeah. agree. That's I exactly think it's probably at a low point right now because, you know, he there's a lot of talk around him being done. He's spending the offseason doing some sort of strength training and shooting threes. So like I've seen I've seen a, uh, his, beach, his beach workout. <laughs> the beach yeah. thing is like Oh, oh Valentinus people. is gonna turn around. He went to the beach the yeah. other day. Yeah. Yeah. There's people all around, he throws that ball up in the air, and I'm like, where's that ball land? Yeah. yeah. First of all. That's like a medicine ball, I think. Yeah. Um No, I I I totally agree. I don't think JV is gonna get uh like I don't think his value is going to get any lower. Um, I think I could see him stretching it out to three. I could see him having a Brook Lopez type of year, yeah. or, or even a nice twenty footer, eighty percent from the three point line. Like yeah. he could, yeah. like his is. I I could see him becoming like a thirty five percent three point shooter yeah. for sure. And if that's the case, then his value goes much higher. Although the, his main problem obviously is uh, defending the pick and roll yes. in space, yeah, uh, and lateral quickness in general, which is totally. a general problem yeah. for him and JV, yeah. uh, not JV, uh, Demar, yeah, yes. um, terrible lateral mm. quickness. But you know, same Brook Lopez is not a great defender either, and he, you know, yeah, he was tradable. Got got a yeah. nice young prospect for him. Mm-hmm. I I think JV, like I mean, you know, I don't I don't fully expect this to happen, but um, I think, you know, it's not like a player is what they. Like, it's not like they are what they are at 24 necessarily. But I think for JV, he's not going to get much faster. Yeah. And he's not going to get many more touches. People rarely get faster as they get older in yeah, the NBA. exactly. But the fact is, is that, like, not the fact. I guess, like, the general perception is that he his conditioning is terrible and his work ethic is terrible. Right. Yeah. We, so, which I've been reading about. you can about, change like, that. Yeah. You that can change. change. You can change, change that Lowry. perception. Lowry got it changed with Lowry. 30, which yeah. is totally dumb, but. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I think with JV, um, he's got good hands. How about just let's forget about the post-ups, period. Like focus on stop and pops. Um, yep. Let's have an offense where him and Ibaka are both like just jacking 17-footers if they get open. And JV is always open there. Yep. Like he can set a screen, roll to the rim. He's not a very good roller, but uh, he like he's he has a high percentage in the pick and roll. Yeah, he's got good hands. He's got, he's the, got I, uh, I believe, the best points per possession in the NBA in pick and roll uh, finishing yeah, this past I year. Think totally. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, like, sorry, the, the, the reason I say he's not like very effective in like rolling is just because like... He, I don't think he expects no to one get passes. The ball. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So I think that's a part of it, which could be a good thing uh, to go back to the Joseph thing because uh, we didn't really talk about the ramifications for the Raptors for him being mm-hmm. gone, right? Uh, with uh, Delon and uh, yeah, and Van Van Vliet. Vliet. which yeah. smart totally. gamble on those young guys. They both look like oh, they're know. quite promising. And, and I think Delon, you know, dude, six five, yeah, can play defense and is looks thre- like threatening to be a shooter, maybe. Like, yeah, I think uh, his I, releases. I, I'm gonna wait on that. Yeah, yeah Johnson slow almost. Oh, yeah. But uh, but I I think like like 
I really enjoyed Joseph, but he also was someone who pounds the ball. Mm-hmm. Like the Raptors do. We not don't need, need another one of those. We don't need people who dribble, basically. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's what I love so much about Miles. Miles is super ineffective when he dribbles like even twice. So all he does is jack threes, and he's really, really good at it. Yeah. So I think you know he's going to have a very, very simple role, and for some a guy, a guy like Delon is going to come in and just pass the ball way more than Lowry and way more than DeRozan. So I think that. That could be okay. And as far as like the two guard lineups, um, you know, you could have Lowry at the two, DeLon at the one, um, and it could be pretty effective. Okay. Uh, Want to rank some coaches? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Okay. Uh, why don't you give us some nice, nice tunes? Um, okay. I'm going to try and explain this a little bit. Um, this is the Confederacy of Dunks definitive coach rankings for the NBA. Um, We have ranked all 30 coaches uh, individually, me, McCready, and Kevin. What we're going to do is start at 30, and we're just going to tack off the coaches. Uh, Kev's got a little chart here, which no one can see, but guess what? It's still pretty cool. for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so we're going to cross off the coaches, so uh, our opinions are going to have to kind of work together a little bit. And um, I'm sure some people are going to totally get disagree. Wacky. I have some. I've, I'm already looking at my list, and there's definitely some stupid stuff on there. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, uh, I've definitely overrated some people, underrated some people, and probably, hopefully, properly rated some people. Yeah. I think what's going to be most interesting is when they restructure the salaries of the coaches in the NBA, like based like, on this. Yeah. Totally. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this podcast is held in such high esteem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, highest ranks sure. of the NBA. Our, yeah. our, our eighty listeners a pod. They they are they are like you know tro- all eighty of them working. They the they are they are like yeah. bright Bart trolls. They are vicious. You know what I mean? They are just all over the place. Twenty They're, of them are just in the extended silver family. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. <laughs> the extended. He has so many. Like, Donnie Silver, bricklayer from Hoboken. Having an enormous family or him being the only, the only surviving one, yeah. member of any lineage. Well, did, did, did you ever read that Silver article when he first became like the commissioner? No. He like, grew the, up the by himself one. in a mansion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, like, did, did, he, did he walk out of a painting and just yeah, become yeah. a sentient life form? <laughs> No one was, no, seriously, no one was around. Wait, Silver kind of looks like that. What's that old, like, I feel like they use it for like porn shops where it's like the two old couple with the pitchforks. Yeah, American Gothic. Yeah, 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 he's American Gothic. Yeah. (laughs) He went straight to porn shops, huh? (laughs) What is American Gothic? Just a famous Pretty pretty famous band. Why do I think that's like a porn shop thing? I feel like I, there's a place on St. Clair West. Must, I, must I'm be. so confused. It must what? exist. I'm sure you didn't make it up. Yeah, I feel like I'm half making it up. I'm so sorry. Um, anyways, you guys want to hear? <laughs> Wait, what happened? Okay, okay, okay. Well, let's just start start at American Gothic. Yeah. Okay. So we all know what that is. Yes, right? of course. I clearly I'm just wondering don't really the, know what where, that is. Where the connection to porn shop is? There is a porn shop at St. Clair and Bathurst, like. Kind of like where that, that Timmy's is, just west on Bathurst. Mm-hmm. And it's like, XXX, come in, have some porn. Like yeah, that, yeah. that type of thing. As, sure. as you do. And there's a picture of the American Gothic, like, that image. <laughs> okay. On, on the front of yeah. the porn shop. And That's it's so like, weird. It's like, XXX. Weird. And I would always pass it and be like, oh, I guess they may oh, be. the classic porn, American Gothic. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, or I kind of thought like, hey, maybe they did. Maybe there's like a porn, you know, starring the, like, like. 
Dude, this is, there's like a Seinfeld. There's <laughs> <laughs> a porn for everything. So I feel like a porn for classic painting. Yes. For dogs sh- playing I'm poker. Sure. I'm sure there's on a the scream. <laughs> there's probably a Monet, you know, painting. Like, what's going Starry on? You know? Night. No, yeah, no one yeah. can make out the Monet. There's got to be. <laughs> Anyways, that's yeah, the uh, scribble uh, channel. Yeah. yeah, the scrambled form. That's of a different time. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're dating ourselves. But yeah, I think <laughs> I whatever think, Durham region, nineteen ninety-eight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we got. I think we got our uh, our raving silver fans uh, um, revved up for yeah. this, yes. for this yeah, coach yeah. ranking. Uh, should we talk about our different criteria? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, Who wants to go first? Go for it, Matt. Um, okay, because uh, I don't I don't follow everyone's playbook. I don't know that sure. everyone's timeout schemes. Uh, this is uh, totally. we all agree that this is like relatively silly. Yeah, uh, we're fans. Rank, we're yeah, fans. we're fans. We're ranking them, whatever. Um, so I decided to try to go with something uh, that I know a little bit more about, something a little bit more tangible. Uh, so my ranking is based only on player development. Nice. Uh, nice. How well, like how these players reviewed before and how they reviewed after uh, going through this coach's system. Cool. Um, historically. Uh, more uh, more points for a recency by like for more mm, recent right. transactions. Have yep. they evolved as a coach? Have they changed their styles? Uh, so that's all my criteria is completely nothing to do with anything else. Okay, right. cool. So it'll really potentially mess up the rankings for other people. Perfect. No, I like that. Um, I uh, I placed quite heavy uh, weight on uh, playoff strategizing. So oh, also also falling into some recency different. some recency uh, bias there. And also I'm kind of ignoring. Maybe like older than five years ago, let's say. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm putting some weight on uh, on player development as well. Um, and in that same context, doing doing what you can with what you got. Uh, and I'm also uh, I'm just gonna kind of put some weight on like personal style, like <laughs> be it fashion or like how good of a talker are you, or are you like a a, a nut, and uh, how do you deal with like meddlers? So all uh, of that sort of falls into the personality. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, my list is probably pretty, I'm sure all of our lists are kind of messy. Uh, I think mine's probably messy cause I probably had too much criteria. Okay. I was trying to think about player development. I was trying to think about like, uh, the situation, um, a couple like, like little rules I made for myself is I don't punish any coach for having great players. Right. That's not something that I believe sense. in. That's not something I think has ever really made sense to yep. me. Um, I think that's do you punish, all. Or do you reward them for having bad players to any degree? Like if, um, uh, I mean, I, well, I'm sure we'll get there. I kind of focus on like, but. yeah, a, a little bit. So I think if like, like, let's say a coach has only really had garbage players, but I think they've showed me a couple things. Yeah. I don't, that, like that doesn't hurt them that much. But ultimately, I think uh, success is probably my... Um, biggest Yeah, factor. I mean, there is a number you can attach to that, right? Totally. And I also think that, um, you know, even getting the job of coaching great players is a, like, that's an indicator of you're a guy who is ready for that. Yeah, and that's, you're a that's guy an indicator of leadership. trusted by a, a franchise sense. to do that, can manage those personalities, all those kind of things. Or you're just Derek Fisher, and you're like, or yeah, you're just, yeah, that can happen. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> But Derek Fisher, uh, he he like got a big time position and like sucked it up and got bounced. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. what you mean? Oh yeah, I mean oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, to, to, I mean nearly everyone who's a coach in the NBA has incredible qualifications to do so. Right. Uh, but Derek Fisher was just basically a lackey of Phil there, Jackson, yeah. and so oh like, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Sorry, that yeah. was that was my point. Um, but uh, and also a big thing for me is um, you know I don't want to take away the, from the guys who've only coached one team, but uh, I feel like you can really learn a lot about a coach that's coached in multiple places uh-huh. or through multiple like eras. Right. So I, I, I feel like if a coach had, 
uh, a lot of success somewhere, then moved somewhere else and had didn't have success. That hurt them a bit for me. Hmm. And vice versa, if they've been successful in multiple situations, that's huge for me. Yeah. Um, cool. Great. And we're, we're going to talk about it as we go along. Yep. So, uh, who, um, you know, Matt, yeah. you, you're the guest. Why don't, why don't you tell us who you think the worst coach in the NBA is? Oh, this will not be... By the way, we're, we're going 30 down. Yeah. 30 down? Right? Great. Yeah. Uh, this will not be uh, a shocking beginning to this podcast at uh-huh. all. Okay. Um, but I've got Fred Hoiberg. Oh, my yeah. God. Me, too. Me, too. Yeah. Oh, we all yeah. had, we all had Hoiberg as the worst coach in the NBA. Wow. Yeah. By all different criteria. Uh, okay, so mine's always based on... I'm player. shocked at that. I, I thought... Okay, anyways, yeah. Sorry. Um... I mean, what, what what positives do you have for Fred Hoiberg at this point? Yeah, he's like, got nothing. Seems yeah. nice. Seems nice. Uh, um, he seems nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he hasn't really developed any players uh, <laughs> under that system. Uh, McDermott was traded for pennies on the dollar. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of any other, like, young players that they had that were uh, Valentine. Valentine mm-hmm. uh, nothing. Miritich, uh, Miritich like, oh, weirdly messed with. Uh, Especially considering he's a player who should be perfect for Hoiberg's system. Yeah. Um, yep. So, uh, yeah, uh, players typically come No one under Fred Hoiberg has increased their trade value yeah. as a result of his coaching. Um, I mean, Jimmy, totally. even G- Jimmy Butler, uh, developed a reputation of something as a cantankerous, uh, jerk, yep. uh, under him, which didn't exist when, uh, Tibbs was his coach. Uh, so my worst coach is Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I'm going to add to that personality-wise. He's uh, he's meek, and he's lost like three different locker rooms <laughs> over his tenure. Personality-wise, uh, he's meek. Sorry. Uh, well, and he does not handle, because they have a notoriously shitty owner-GM situation in, in Chicago. But Thibodeau has managed to make it be like, it's us you know, it's us. It's the locker room. We're doing it. And Hoiberg yeah. was just like, I like my job, though. And <laughs> granted, you need that. You need that when you're a first-time coach. His co- post-game uh, Post-game, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say bad stuff. I like my job. I like my job, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have too much to add. Really? Right. Like, uh, I feel like you guys covered it all. Um. Yeah, he, he's, he seems like he's someone who's been given full trust by... Um, you know, uh, the, the entire franchise, he's not even someone like, you know, uh, like, 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 you know, Casey or, or, or these guys who kind of had to navigate different situations. Like he seems like he's never been on the chopping block. Like it's like he's had talent. Everything's been given to him and he's produced the, you know, basically the worst possible he can. No one developed under him is, is huge or, 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 or rather no one's trade value. Yeah. Uh, was increased. I actually think I I didn't really like think about that that much, but that that's a pretty good way to indicate a coach. Yeah. What's their trade value? If the mm-hmm. trade value, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a very valid point. And anyways, I don't oh. have much to add. Fred Great. Hoberg, worst coach. All right, who's next? Uh, I'll go. I'll do number twenty nine. Um, and this is you know this is uh more of an incomplete than a ranking, but I'm gonna put Earl Watson number twenty nine. Oh, Earl Watson, my yeah. number twenty one. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, high I- on Earl Watson. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> only based on those criteria, really. Was yeah, twenty one. Um, I I think it really is. It's this isn't even necessarily a bashing of him. Uh, m- less so than it really is. Just like he hasn't. He sort of got the job by default and then kept it because he was. You know, seemed like he he had gained the trust of his players, but hasn't. No one's exploded under him. I would say. Well, Devin Booker, I guess, but he's uh, still developing. Yeah, as a coach. Yeah, I also had um, Earl Watson at twenty nine. So me and Kev are uh, agreeing. Right. Uh, but um, 
Yeah, uh, I think it's fair to say it's a little bit incomplete. Um, you know, but at the same time, when it's the NBA, you got to pull out all the stops, mm-hmm. even if your team's garbage. And, um, you know, we'll get to other coaches uh, a little bit later who've also kind of had nothing, but still shown something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Brooklyn really has nothing. Uh, but I still think that, um, I, you know, you know, but like I know I'm adding this in after the fact, but as far as trade value, I don't know that Earl Watson hurt Brooke Lopez's trade value. I actually think he like Earl Watson's Phoenix coach. Uh, oh, whoops. Why was I thinking Brooklyn? Uh, you guys should have stopped me a long time ago. Um, oh, we, it, it all still applied up until you yes, said Brooke until Lopez. you said the, until you said Brooke Lopez. That's it hilarious. All, yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, I, I, I still yeah. had him at twenty nine. So that that goes <laughs> that goes to my point of like he hasn't really made a. a big <laughs> you know what? Showing. In all fairness, uh, I think I had him at twenty one because like I was like I don't really know how to assess yeah. Earl yeah. Watson. Yeah, yeah. There's people I dislike more. So. Right. Fair. Well, uh, a little bit of spoiler alert when we get to Kenny Atkinson. <laughs> Matt, do you have anything to say about Earl Watson? You had him ranked way higher, so. Uh, way higher. Way higher. Uh, he was above a bunch of people I dislike a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for player development. Uh, he, uh, well, I mean, like, uh, Ulyss, um gave him some playing time. I don't oh, know yeah. if that was an effort to tank. It probably had a lot to do with that. Uh, but at the same time, Ulyss, uh went from being, you know, um, uh you know, I can't remember like someone like 36 uh, overall pick uh, to having legitimate trade value and looked like a decent player. Uh, Bender and Marquise Chris, uh, neither one of them, I think, really improved their stock in the past year. Bender particularly, I don't know, like that probably more comes down to them as players. Mm. Uh, Chris looks like he's a little bit lost, both uh, basketball IQ on the offensive defensive end. Uh, I guess, you know, the jury's still out. If Chris is, uh, especially if his awareness, which might have more to do with a coach and other layers of player development, uh, if that comes along, then maybe uh, Watson will be higher on this list when we inevitably when do we it. convene and, next year. Well, we do it every month. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. All right, Freddie, number 28. So my number 28 is uh, Kenny Atkinson. Hey. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Atkinson. Uh, a yeah. um, couple points you never heard before. Uh, you know, he didn't have uh, much going on for him in Brooklyn, but uh, <laughs> he still did a pretty uh, bad job of it. Um, you know, obviously, Jeremy Lin got injured, uh, didn't have much to begin with. But uh, I'm always wary when a coach can't establish any type of culture. Mm-hmm. I think all 30 teams in the NBA uh, have the option of of having a culture because, like, Let's say, let's say, like you have the the absolute worst talent in the NBA. Try something. Yeah, be like some weird zone team. Yeah, um, to defend uh, Atkinson a little bit. Um, Lopez changed his game completely in the past year. Yeah, uh, under his tutelage, uh, you know, he became a legitimate three point threat. Uh, we talked about that a little bit earlier with uh, Valanciunas. Yep. Um, and in terms of culture, I feel like Brooklyn always played hard. Uh, which is something for it's sure for a team that is completely like, lost in a sure. smoking crater. Yeah, and I mean, like, what talent does this team have? Like at all? Like they're like um, super when Lin, when Lin was back, they looked okay. Yeah, they were pretty decent down the stretch. Actually, they were the sneaky fantasy guys team where it's like, who's playing tonight? Oh, he might be good. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people won daily fantasy money off. <laughs> yeah. Off them, um, which is a nice way to make money, by the way. If you're ever looking to make money, it's yeah. daily fantasy. Yeah, yeah. totally. I quit um, my job for daily fantasy. You know, yeah, it's it's tough. I feel bad for the teams that are are, are just awful. But I guess for like, like besides what you mentioned, which is you know, it's not insignificant. Um, 
the lack of success and the newness, I guess like I don't take I don't give I don't give that much to to new coaches because I'm like, you know, hang around and and show me something because I still haven't seen who who knows. I, the, I think well, the book's probably mostly still out on Kenny Atkinson as a mm-hmm. coach. Yeah, exactly. Like I think like um, you know, once they get more talent, um, we'll be we'll have a we'll have a better look. But I, I think from the guys I have ahead, I've been able to see more. Yep, I had him ranked as my 17th best coach. Oh and wow! I, no, 18th. Sorry, 18th. Yeah, I had him. I had him at 20. Cool. Moving Monster on, Monster Freddy. Oh, um, I guess it's me. Yeah, 27. All right. Well, I had this coach ranked as my uh, 29th best okay. coach. And this is probably going to be the most dumbest one yet. Okay. But I had Tom Thibodeau, Whoa. 29. Whoa. Terrible at developing players. Uh, <laughs> is that true, though? I think so. What about Derrick Rose, Butler, Noah? De- developing Gibson? the first overall pick, uh, you know. Uh, right. Butler, yeah, I guess you could, you can give him for sure credit for Butler. Here's the thing with, like, Tibbs, though, is that also he runs plays. Also runs the ground. He, he yeah. d- destroys He's, he's ended multiple careers. Uh, Dang, um, Noah. Uh, Butler soon. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Wiggins played Wiggins. the most minutes in the league last year, uh, which is probably not an, a good thing to do to your like 21 year old selling. I remember Butch Carter, uh, after he quit, uh, as Raptors coach and Lenny Wilkins, uh, took over and, uh, uh, and also ran Vince Carter into the ground. Um, his quote was something along the lines of like, you don't, uh, put your stallions in a marathon, uh, which I feel like if I was, a Minnesota fan, I would be very wary of him playing both Wiggins and uh, Towns uh, into uh, a catastrophic injury, mm. which happened to uh, Levine as well, but who knows if that was uh, related to that. Uh, so that's why I have Tom Thibodeau has the 29th, but I guess to our, uh, our, our ranking, 27th. 27th worst coach in the league. Um. I had, I had him as the number six coach. Number six. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had him I had him in like the fifteen fourteen range. I actually loosely loosely put mine in ranges so that I could adapt. Um, but now I'm panicking. Here, here's here's the thing uh, about Thibodeau as a coach, though. Um, he took over from Sam Mitchell, who was probably would have been the thirtieth coach on a lot yes, of our lists. Certainly. Um, and the team didn't really get any better at all. Um, they got rid of Tayshawn Prince's minutes and didn't get any better. They they had an extra year of development from Wiggins and Towns. Towns kind of regressed, if anything, the past year. Um, I wasn't impressed at all with his coaching job in. Uh, uh, Minnesota, despite the f- and they were bad, despite the fact that he overplayed his best players to a staggering degree. Well, all right, yeah, I, I think all valid points. The only things, uh, or I guess part of the reason I had him so high, um, I, I I probably didn't give him enough of a knock for what he's done so far in Minnesota because even the even the like um, like the, like the fact that the way the the trade rumors for Rubio were handled and, and a lot of different stuff, it does seem like he's one of those. Coaches who's like maybe done being like a progressive thinking coach. Yeah, he but certainly seems like a curmudgeon. Yeah, like kind of guy now. Um, I think that, but I think that part of the reason I had him so high is because I'm always impressed when someone brings a style to the NBA that every single uh, coach in the NBA copies. Right. So they they the whole bluing and icing and using the sideline as like the third defender yeah. is basically what made him. Um, you know, it's like that's how the Celtics won the championship when yeah. Doc Rivers was the head coach. Um, he also brought Chicago to like you know like to pr- a pretty high le- high level. Yep, for sure. Um, I, I think he's a conf- he's a he's a 
tough coach to evaluate because I think there's lots of good, lots of bad. Um, but yeah, you know, like ruining players' careers. Deng is another guy who basically was like run to the ground by Thibodeau. Yeah. Um, but also yeah, having get a spinal tap and go back in the game. You... Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. But um, even the fact that like his assistant and maybe I'm giving too much credit for like assistant work, but um, his assistant Greer. Um, who you know was taught under like the Thibodeauian style when he came to the Raptors? That's the best use of JV I've ever seen. Right. Um, as far as like when we started implementing some of his stuff. But um, anyways, that's why I had him so high. Uh, this list is kind of fun though. Yeah. Because uh, he's off the list. <laughs> he's off the list now. Um. All right. So do you have, I, do you have anything? Uh, any Thibodeauian? No, I think I think you pretty much covered it all. Um. So my number twenty six is. This might be unfair on on the coach. He's in a he's in a tough spot, but he's still he's still been doing what he's been doing. So uh, my number twenty six is New York's Jeff Hornacek. Ooh, Hornacek. I think I think there might be a good coach hidden in there, but he had he you know he had some good times in Phoenix, but not some great times. And his New York tenure, Phil Jackson aside, has just been a bit of a disaster. You know, right? It's uh, yeah. Me and Kevin clearly like talk way too much uh, basketball uh, each other because uh, to, to, to each have, other. He's my twenty six. Uh, I yeah. guess the same. Hilarious. Every... Well, uh, I guess we had Tom we Thibodeau. Had Thibodeau different, was different for us. But, yeah, I had him um, lower than you did. But yeah, I, I thought I thought super tough situation. Um, right. You know, all the sympathy in the world for the guy. Um, but out of all the teams that are like bottom feeders, he I think had like by far the most talent. Yes, he certainly um, had a lot of good players. To do so little with Chris Tapps is a massive indictment mm-hmm. on any coach. Um, Mello, I think, is way less of a locker room cantankerous guy than he's. I think Mello is one of those guys who's one of those guys who for sure isn't the perfect personality type mm-hmm. of guy. But at the same time, I think he's been doing pretty well considering how much shit's being talked about him by his own uh, management. Dan Tony out of town. Oh, true. yes, for sure. Yeah. Destroyed, and Lynn, and Lynn. Lynn, Lynn which, which kind of makes the Houston thing uh, pretty interesting mm-hmm. because um, for all the like, oh, Mello's going to going to Houston. Like Dan Tony, like Does talked a lot of shit about yeah. Mello, and it's all like. The correct stuff. And if there's yeah. one thing that Dan Tony's proven is that he's an excellent coach of super teams of middling defensive quality. Yeah. Oh like yeah. The I, Lakers yeah. was the only stop on Dan Tony's resume that was a complete disaster. Yeah. Yeah. But you, and you, that had more to do with everyone's backbreaking. And, and I, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure we'll get to Dan Tony. But you, you want to know what's interesting about him is like. I remember when he was with the Lakers and he's like, Gasol's got to shoot the three, all this kind of stuff. Everyone's like, you're crazy. Oh, yeah. You, you know, you, it, it's like, you see Gasol yeah. now. It's like yeah. he literally just started. He basically gave Pau Gasol like a couple extra years to his career yeah. Yeah, yeah. by making him change his game. Although it's like, I think the season where that happened just looks so ugly. Yeah. But also I'm, I probably like am lower on Kobe than like most basketball fans. Oh, uh, not so, me. Nah. Well, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> so, but I, I think like um, awfulness of who he is aside, I think uh, there's so much negativity of Kobe on the basketball court yeah. that um, he he's 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 got to be like the coach nightmare. Yeah, um, for Like for for most people, he's yeah. he's he's. Like you know, everyone says like coaching the uh, the star who's falling apart is the hardest thing to do in the NBA. He's the biggest example of that. Yeah, I uh, just swinging back to Hornacek because uh, we went way far away. We did, we did, we did. Uh, we did. That was Sorry. great. No, no, I love it. Um, Hornacek. Yeah. So has the, he's worked for probably the two worst owners. 
uh, or organizations in the league. Uh, Sarver and yep. Phoenix is yep. a nightmare. Yep. Yep. Um, they had a good thing going a couple, a few years ago, and then they're like, let's add a third point guard, even though we don't need, we can't possibly yep. play mm-hmm. our three most, uh, like Bledsoe, Dragic, and uh, Thomas yep. uh, all at the same time. Um, and then let's trade a very valuable pick for another point guard. Yeah. Yeah. So Just yeah, really, uh, really stupid organization. And then I can't, judge him based on what happened in New York this year just because of Fair. Uh, Phil Jackson demanding that they play uh, the, the triangle, triangle. Yeah, yeah. and just how stupid that whole organization is. Um, and I feel like the Carmelo being an, a problem in the locker room comes more from uh, the higher-ups in that organization right. uh, than uh, I don't think that was a Hornacek problem. Right. Uh, I had him ranked, uh, I think, 23rd. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, it's like within the around, range. Around I think, the right range, yeah. Yep. Um, um, d- Freddie. Oh, I was just no, saying, well, close one, it up on Hornacek? yeah, one last point on Hornacek is um, this is probably like, like totally unfair of me, but I think that Hornacek should have calculated the fact that Phil Jackson had that disaster with Derek Fisher and been like, guess what? I am not doing the triangle. Fire me. Yeah. And then I think that if you got fired from that situation, people would be like, oh, wow, you're a man of principle. Mm. That said, I have no idea. Uh, like, I would, ne- <laughs> I, would, I would be like, what kind of triangle do you want, Phil? I feel like um, NBA politics are like, very, do what your boss says. Yeah, so it's, it's unfair. It's funny but, that, like, my, your biggest critique for him as a coach is that he didn't demand to be fired. <laughs> basically. <laughs> but, well, I think, like, it's like, it sucks for his legacy that he has his disaster year. Yeah. Right. Um, and for a newish coach who, you know, I think did okay at Phoenix. Yeah. Um, that's a big blow. Yeah. Great. Uh, um, okay. All right. Next up at um, twenty five, I have. Uh, uh, I guess we're all this is all similar in the in the twenty in the, yeah. in the late twenties range, yeah. uh, or at least for me and Kevin's criteria because like it's like you haven't seen that much. But I, I have David Fisdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think oh, he's busy. I think he's really clever. Uh, I think um, a lot of his clout comes from being an assistant in Miami, which is which is great. But I definitely think it is a transition to be head coach. Um, I thought he did. I thought he did fine. With with uh, Memphis, but I didn't think he uh, made them better than they were. Um, I'm sure a lot of that's personnel, um, but I don't think. Uh, I, I remember when Dave Yeager was with uh, Memphis. I feel I felt like I was seeing some stuff where I was like, okay, this guy's got like he's got some stuff going on. Mm. And I, I, anyways, I think this might be uh, unfair, but um, I just didn't really see. Um, or, and I don't feel like he he gave them any extra advantage. Yeah, it's int- I had him a bit higher. Um, it's interesting to me because I feel like the GM's uh, GM in Memphis was kind of like leaning away from grit and grind, which mm-hmm. is you know interesting because it's their identity, but it's also well, it's like Randolph's just slow. getting older too. and Randolph's getting mm-hmm. older. Yeah, exactly. So Tony I f- Allen too, like he's yeah. on yeah. the free agency market. I don't yeah. even think anybody no wants him. No one's going after him. So, and they got uh, the the broken bones of Chandler Parsons. Oh, wow. Yeah. Totally you know, and it's, I, I feel like he just kind of got there and they were like, I don't know, do what you want. So that's sort of, I think that's, I think there might be like, where, where, where did you guys have Fizzo? I had him 13th. Okay. Uh, I also probably would have had him a lot higher on that list as well. I think he did a really good job in Memphis last year. I felt Memphis was going to be uh, pretty bad last year. Yeah. Uh, but he kept them pretty in the playoff on the entire year. Uh, they were in the playoffs. Uh, they just don't have the high-end talent. I think um, Gasol had a really good 
and different offensive year. I think he got Yeah, he two. definitely added uh, yeah. the three. That's yeah. true. Um, so, I don't know. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. I don't have too many strong opinions on Fizdale. Yeah, um, same. Uh, Jamichael, uh, Jamichael uh, his improvement yep. um, was a part of the reason why Adam higher on that player development yeah. list. Yeah. And I feel like... Uh, and Conley also improved. Yep. Like, yep. again. Conley, yeah, he's, keeps improving. Yeah. You know, his body is just so clearly oh breaking God. down. It's very funny to watch this guile uh, monster just yeah. <laughs> yeah. keep is it Is it through. unfair of me that when a coach is in a new situation, like guys like Gasol and Conley, who've been steadily improving their whole career, is it is it unfair of me to not give that credit to Fisdale? Um, I think coaches I think can the, stand in the way of like that, people yeah. introducing yeah, new that, 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 to that's, their game. Uh, that's a good yeah. point. They can totally impede that growth for sure. Not, not unfair. Ungenerous, Freddie. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> yep. Not generous. I'm yeah. a greedy boy. Hate Christmas. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> greedy boy, the uh, knockoff Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> the dollar um, store Grinch. I'm like Dennis the Menace for Grinch Christmas. <laughs> Um, um, cool, Matt. Who's number twenty-four? Oh, I've got um, uh, another dumb pick, mm-hmm. uh, Dirty Doc Rivers. Oh yeah, oh. I, ha- I had him. I had him low as well. My number twenty-seven on my list. Uh, um, I before when I was saying not too many dinosaurs left. Oh, 28, Sorry, on my list. Uh, yep, he's one of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, as a coach, he's obviously got a lot of, like, uh, good points in terms of, like, being able to communicate with his players. Um, you know, I think typically people like him. I don't know. Get, apparently Chris Paul and stuff. But apparently, I mean, Chris Paul doesn't seem like the easiest guy to coach either. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, he doesn't. They've had a lot of people come through. Uh, a good example would be like Joe Ingles. Uh, just yep. came in and then left. They yep. had to pay to get rid of uh, Jared Dudley when he came in for a year because he mishandled that so well. The yeah. only player he's really developed uh, is his son. <laughs> yeah, which is not a good look. The dumbest. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, if anything, I probably should have had him lower than Tibbs on this uh, criteria list, and possibly even lower than uh, Fred Hoiberg. Uh, wow. Based on player development, he's done. Nothing. Nothing. It's not what he I does. I mean, okay, wait a minute. Uh, maybe he could take some credit for uh, DeAndre Jordan's um, rise as a defensive player. He got him to oh, yeah. step away from being trying to do anything offensively and just playing in his lane that he should yep. be playing. So mm-hmm. he deserves some credit for that. I stand by 28. Cool. Fair enough. Um, Kev, where'd you have him? Uh, I had him 23. Uh, I, and I agree with everything you said. I think that, I, I think that he's... He's been out strategized a lot. Um, I don't think he's the sole reason for the Clippers' weird playoff troubles, but he's definitely a reason for them. Um, I think that he had a great situation in Boston. I think that Dwayne Casey in Boston would have done a similar thing with Garnett and Ray Allen and oh, yeah. Paul Pierce. Well, you know Garnett I mean? at that point was just like a he was just coaching monster. the team. Yeah, yes. he was. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. And Ray Allen was the perfect ac- accent. Uh, all those players were all in the perfect position to win. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he does this year because, it's, you know, he went from having Garnett to having Chris Paul. So you yeah. have these two people who are basically running your For culture. For sure. Yeah. I, lo- I love seeing when, when when a coach gets, like, stripped of some talent. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's a big Because it's a weird team now. It's it a is. weird, totally. very different team. Yeah. They have Gallinari, Patrick Beverly. <laughs> I actually think they could, uh, you know, Bill Simmons, like, Ewing, Ewing theory. Mm-hmm. Where it's like if a if a like a team loses their star player, could they still be like good? Yeah. yeah. Um, and or I think the young theory is better. Did they get better? Yeah. Oh, sorry, really sorry, say. sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah. And I think that um, you know, with kind of Chris Paul's overbearing personality, 
Like, it's hard to think that they would get better without Chris Paul because he's so good. But um, they're in place to maybe impress some people a, mm. a little bit. Obviously, the West is insane. Mm. Um, so I clearly am the uh, the guy here who was drinking the Doc Rivers Kool-Aid because <laughs> I had him seventh. Whoa. Seventh. Um, I'm killing your so, top ten. <laughs> you know, no, I love it. Uh, so first of all, all valid points. Uh, and I, I clearly... Did not factor in Doc the GM, who's yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, if I had to factor in, I I mean, Thibodeau did that one good trade. But other than that, yeah. like, I can't imagine anyone else was going to offer uh, Taj Gibson more than $5 million. Oh, my God. And gave oh, no, yeah. The, the, the Thibodeau bringing back the Bulls, guys. The Minnesota thing, I think I probably, like, I didn't hurt. I didn't take Thibodeau down enough for it. Yeah. I kept just thinking about how he, like... You know, he he like kind of like brought the like the that type of trapping to the NBA. True, which, true, true. But um Yeah, Rivers. Oh, is that my oh um guys, we got phones ringing, we're popular, no worries. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, yeah, that was just my dad. Oh. Not to name drop anybody. <laughs> Your dad being like, Why does Freddie like Doc Rivers? Um because we have a live feed on this somehow. That goes yeah. only to my dad's house. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh the great grandfather of Adam Silver, who's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um no, yeah. So, so, so my thing for Doc Rivers uh, is um, I feel like uh, just talking about the player development stuff. I think he did a good job with Rondo. Um, he kind of like uh, with with Tony Allen. That's fair. He um, made Tony Allen. Uh, well, I, I, Tony Allen came in as a rookie and won a championship with um, with Celtics. But didn't Tony uh, Allen really become a thing in, in Memphis? Memphis? Yeah, I, I think he did. But I think he was still like a vital part of that right. um, kind of Celtics thing. Big baby. Um, big baby big baby for sure no and I also i just give huge points to a championship right. so if you have won a championship as a coach yeah i think you're like there's that's like, true there's like eight guys there should be a portion that of you that's NBA. unassailable um but uh you and, and that includes like you know having the the gumption to figure it out in the playoffs and win the finals even if you have talent um and i think uh I, also i was just so impressed by everyone on the floor who beat that San Antonio Spurs team in that amazing seven game series? Mm-hmm. I know Blake Griffin, you know, played the best probably he'll ever play. Right. But, but uh, if you want to look at uh, things falling apart, there's no better example than that playoffs Houston. run, that yeah, same that, run. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but uh, so, anyways, uh, uh, I'm clearly the minority here. I had mm-hmm. him at seventh. You guys had him in the 20s. So yep. uh, I need to uh, judge him harshly. Or, uh, <laughs> All right. Cool. All right, Kevin. Let's uh, probably go a bit more lightning round style on these because we're still in the 20s, guys. Okay, great. Uh, so 23. Um, had him higher uh, maybe a few years ago, but recently, no, sir. Frank Vogel. Whoa, Vogues. Um, love him. Think, think, he's got, think he's got something going on in there. But, man, if he's not... An, an example of of failing to adjust. Um, he got outcoached by Casey, which is not a good not a good uh, not a good thing in my books. Um, something happened in Indiana where like the second best team in the East just cratered almost overnight, hmm. um, and he hasn't really done anything in Orlando in his time there. Granted, his roster's been a bit messy, but he's had some talent and yep. uh, couldn't get it together. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna disagree with a couple things there. Uh, I had him like eighth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's been insanely Whoa, good at player development. Uh, I think he did outcoach Casey in that first series because he had way less talent, and that should have been like a five game series. And I think he um, shut down DeRozan, shut down Lowry. Um, I think we squeaked that out because Norm Powell was like, "Oh, why is everyone afraid? I- I'm not afraid." Um, but I think that like, I think the Orlando thing. Uh, it's not looking good, but I think that, 
I'm I'm waiting a bit. The fact that he built a powerhouse team around kind of like late round picks and you know from uh, from and Paul George, which he developed. Yeah, and I think uh, Paul, Paul, Paul George's development helped a lot by him growing two or three inches after he already was totally no i mean like that's it's always like it's always a fine line like how like what's a player's work ethic uh like how much do they do themselves but as far as like raising guys it's like basically everyone on that team who wasn't david west was a product of vogel and that's granger george actually sorry not george hill but um uh, Lance Stevenson, you kind of go down the list and he turned a guy. I, I think that Indiana team was always way better than it should have been. Hmm. Um, so, so where yeah. are you going to rank George Carl on this list if he was still in the league? That's what I got to, that's what I got to ask you. Where would I rank George Carl? <laughs> George Carl. <laughs> I feel like his book has cratered. Him yes. Into yeah. Like I'm just, I'm just low 50s. Being a jerk. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Wait, uh, George Carl, I think is, uh, this is a tangent written all over. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, we yeah. should ignore this. Abandon, 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 abandon. Let me just say that George Carl has coached so many teams that he would be tough. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and he's weird old racist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's done just nothing like for Rowe. the trade value of anyone in Orlando at all. Is he? Oh. Um, you would have thought that a player like Biombo would be perfect for him. And Biombo was absolute garbage. Like unplayable. Yeah. Um, uh, Fournier didn't, uh, develop, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the point guard, uh, Peyton, uh, didn't really do too much. Uh, so I, I mean, the, the disaster that is Orlando since he came in was where I, I had him at 25, uh, so pretty much around this range. Yeah. Um, and, uh, great. Yep. That's all I gotta say. All right. Cool. Um, so I'm next. You're at 22. Um, I am at, uh, 22. Yeah. A, a lot of my bottom guys, um, a lot of my bottom guys were basically, uh, guys who haven't shown me too much. So this yeah. is, uh, Michael Malone. Mm. Um, I thought like he got a lot of credit for like being friends with Boogie, uh, was doing good for like, you know, a couple games, uh, which is nice. Um, and I think he's been, you know, basically like, okay in Denver. Uh, I don't have much to say in Michael Malone. I think yeah. he like just has not coached that much in the NBA. So he's a tough guy to evaluate, but, uh, yeah, not, not too impressed by anything really. Um, uh, I had him in my middle tens. Uh, I think he's, tens. he's been a product of like some weirdness. Like he looked like Sacramento was maybe, it was so early in the season, but it was like maybe finding some form almost got Denver to the playoffs last year and Denver, you know, didn't have a, a ton happening with the Gallo injuries and, uh, no real point guard situation. Got another year out of Jameer Nelson. So I think he's like solid, but unspectacular. Um, pros, player development. Uh, 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 Jokic. Yes. Um, yep. Obviously, yeah. Huge. Uh, did a really good job with him. Uh, Gary um, Harris. Gary Harris. Not Moody A. Not, Not Moody A. But yeah, again, it's always tough with players. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, these are, yeah, it's all weird. Yeah. Um, again, like he, uh, Boogie played the best basketball of his career under him. Yep, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Uh, minuses, uh, Nurkic. Yeah, uh, obviously. Um, yeah. I mean, it, he wasn't put in a tough situation that you can't play him and Jokic at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but you know that that probably could have been handled a little bit better. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, I mean, Fareed's just kind of aging out of the league a little bit, and mm-hmm. he's changing around. Totally. Him, so I can't really knock him for his trade value. Where, where, going down. Where'd you have Malone? Uh, Malone, I had uh, twelve. Actually. Okay. Cool. Yep. Cool. Right, who do you got uh, next? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's me? It's oh, you. Uh, Alvin Gentry, which I'm surprised yeah. has not come up yet. Yeah, he's a tough one because he has the whole Golden State thing and his good time in Phoenix. 
Um, yeah, but I mean, Phoenix kind of fell off with him in charge eventually. That's true. It was their last years when he was there. Yep. Um, yeah, Gentry. Uh, he had like 25 people come through his team last year. Yeah. Like and they had so many players and none of them stuck. None of them showed much of anything. Uh, Boogie looked worse when he came over. Uh, he hasn't done anything with, uh, Davis. I mean, I mean, Davis looks great, obviously, but, uh, his injuries are, I mean, whatever. Davis is a wash. Um, yep, I just haven't seen too much from him in terms of player development at all. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I had him at like a 10th. I thought like I was impressed with what he did with Phoenix and yeah, maybe I, 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 I didn't really, I wasn't forthcoming enough with, the um, uh, criteria stuff because I guess I, I feel like some assistant coaches have, have a big influence, but it's kind of hard to tell. Mm-hmm. But I think with the Warriors, I, I, when they won the championship, the fact that everyone was thanking him was like, just seemed like a big deal to me. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Um, as, as style wise, but yeah, the two seasons with the Pelicans are really rough. Um, I think the next year with Boogie and, and Davis is really going to tell us a lot. Yeah. Cool. Um, this uh, I got. I had a couple sort of in this range um, where I was like debating how to rank this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw Nate McMillan under the bus real quick. Oh, good. Because um, you know he's uh, he's had some success. You know with Portland in the past. Um, did not have very much success in Indiana. Uh, you know, um, just kind of it was a weird transitional year. He didn't have a ton of players around. Um, but he also lost them Paul George, essentially, you know? He was, mm-hmm. it was on his watch, so there you go. Yep. I don't give a shit about Nate McMillan. I have nothing to say about him. Great. <laughs> I'm basically the same with Nate McMillan. Yeah. I think he covered all the points. Uh, I had him, like, roughly in the same area. I'm kind of losing track of who I had. Well, that's uh, part of the fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to get messy. Um, Dwayne Casey's going to end up number one somehow. <laughs> so uh, my next guy um, is uh, Billy Donovan. Yeah. Uh, oh, I yeah. think uh, Billy Donovan... Um, I think he's just like super average. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think he did a great job uh, by almost beating the Warriors. Uh, if it, uh, Draymond Green, uh, you know, should have got suspended from that series, didn't. Um, and yeah, I thought he did a great job. Ibaka looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Durant looked amazing. The defense looked amazing. Um, this year, uh, he kind of let Westbrook take over the team in a negative way. Uh, and I think that hurt them. That mm-hmm. hurt, hurt their role players, especially. Didn't really get Old Depot going. But uh, I think he's like pretty. Like, I, if I was an OKC fan, I'd be pretty happy about Billy Donovan because I feel like, uh, especially with Paul George, is a, is a new opportunity even yep. to work with more talent. And uh, he's definitely competent and pretty good. Yep, Adam 19. I don't really mm-hmm. have too much to say. Olipo, strike. Um, Adam's check mark. Um, yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Andre Robinson, I think he's made, he's improved his value as much as you can for someone who can't shoot threes. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have too much to say about him. Yeah, seem, seems like a good coach, but troubling how he seemed to kind of throw his hands up in the air last year uh, after, the, after Durant left for him to be like, well, okay, Westbrook, go nuts. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean that team doesn't isn't great though. That's true. It's a bad made team. the playoffs, so I mean like yeah. whatever. Yep. Cool. Number eighteen, Matt. Oh, it's me. Yeah. Um, I've got um, sexy Steve Clifford. Ooh, uh, Ooh. coming in. 
Uh, Steve Clifford. Uh, positives. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the center, white guy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's like five of them. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. You're right. Um, oh, uh, the athletic. Zeller? Yeah, Zeller. Yeah, yeah Zeller. Uh, Cody Zeller, uh, I think he's done a pretty good job developing him after he looked kind of disastrous his mm-hmm. first couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, big strike, MKG. Uh, yeah. Man, he looks bad. I don't yeah. know if that's a mix of injuries or just that the league has changed. I don't know if a player like him, although Josh Jackson reminds me a lot of yeah. MKG, yeah. Um, would still go that high but i mean who knows um yeah i don't have i mean he he, he did a good job with lynn when he was there i mm-hmm. uh, did a good job with uh like courtney lee uh so i mean like he's just kind of one of those middle of the road type of guys who i don't really have a super strong opinion of sure. either way yeah i think i think he's brought charlotte their only good times basically yep. uh and he developed something of a culture which are big points for me um but also yeah not enough they haven't been consistent enough and he's he, the the fact that MKG can kind of not turn into something like is I, I think injury's part of it, but also yeah, kind of an indictment. I think it's a strike against him. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe he could turn into like a super small ball center. Might be like oh, that's interesting. Kind of like a backup center might be his end end role because yeah. like what else can you really do with the guy? Uh, what like an a, odd evolution. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, for, I I think for me. Um, uh, I I was really high on Steve Clifford like maybe like two years ago, but I think that like the, the last year was really rough, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a like he's done a really good job with um, what I believe is the very worst GM in the entire league uh, and the worst drafter in the entire league, uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, I think he's just an absolute <laughs> has not, tire fire. Has of, not had a good time. Yeah, yeah uh, running a franchise I think is just nonstop shooting himself in the foot, drafting bad players. Kaminsky. Kaminsky, uh, come yeah. on, yeah. And, and, and but but I do, but I, I I thought he did a great job with Kemba. Yeah, all his pl- most oh, of his true. most of yeah. his player development stuff has been pretty uh, solid. Um, and yeah, I think he's kind of like out coached his situation. Yeah, but um, yeah, the, the the last year was rough. I don't know. I don't even really know what happened. Especially with Batum, yeah, it seemed like everything was like yeah, it seemed like they were supposed to be a playoff team. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, I don't know what happened to Charlotte last year. It was yeah. weird. Don't look at me. It doesn't man. help that I didn't watch a single <laughs> I'm Charlie looking game. at you, man. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Number 17, uh, Brett Brown. Uh, probably probably got something there. Brett just Brown. just not yet. You know, just hasn't hasn't shown it yet. Hasn't done anything yet. Uh, that was a real fun 30 games last year when Embiid was in there. Um, but yeah, that's why I got him. Got him in there. I think I think he'll be okay, but not yet. Yeah, I had Brett Brown a little bit uh, um higher than this um but but not but like basically right around the mm. area uh, i think uh he has done i think like out of all the coaches in the nba he's had a lot of years to show it but i think he's done the most with the least mm-hmm. or, or and, and i mean and what i mean by that is sorry not the most with the least he's had the least yeah he's Le- very le- much had the yeah, least like, he's like done enough than with the least, the least. Yeah. yeah kind of yeah <laughs> i'm very happy he hasn't been fired yeah, yeah, like, me too. That would be really unfair. I, I think we'll learn a lot about Brett Brown coming up. Yep, because he's got, like, a lot of really weird players. Um, uh, Chick Marks, Holmes, uh, Rashawn Holmes, um, mm-hmm. TJ McConnell, uh, uh, TLC. Covington. Covington. He's got uh, uh, negatives. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you can really blame him for this, uh, but Okafor has been a pretty big disaster. Yes, totally. Um, and I, I feel like he at least didn't get in the way of Embiid, although anyone could coach him. Yeah, totally. Okay, uh, are we yeah. at... Adam, yeah, 16. It's you, 16. Um... I got Dave Yeager here. Yeah, uh, I agree I, with that. I think he's, um, you know, he's just all right. Uh, he showed me some nice stuff in Memphis. Um, I had him higher simply because of his post game after they were eliminated from the playoffs before he got fired. 
that te- that? that tearful speech just being like, these guys, I'm so proud of this team. <laughs> I gave him big points in my book. That's very nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that makes a good coach. Yes, yeah, exactly. Scary speech. It's funny yeah. what stands out in our, like, yeah. our minds. Um, cool. Um, yeah, not too much to say, but yeah, he did a really a good job spot. in uh, Memphis developing a ton of different players. Uh, I yep. thought so too. Um, and then he took Heald, who was struggling under the t- tyranny of uh, Gentry, and turned him into what looks like to be a decent player. Yeah, he could be fun. Yep. I had him at 11. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I had him at 15. Uh, who'd you have at 15? Oh, uh, well, at 19, uh, I had uh, Tyron Lou. Yeah. Um, hasn't really, uh, I don't know. Hasn't, hasn't really, had to do too much. <laughs> hasn't had to do too much. So it's, it's like a weird kind of lang- ranking, really. Um, I, uh, Love kind of rebounded a little bit under mm-hmm. his watch. The, uh, the super-powered offense last season was pretty neat, like once they hit yep. the playoffs. Oh, for sure. I would have him high, ranked higher. This is a dumb thing for me to even talk about. Tyrone Lue in the middle somewhere. <laughs> but he did get stepped over by Iverson, and that's still the most famous thing he ever did. Yeah. And uh, will always be the famous thing he ever did, even yeah. in the finals after winning as a coach. Yep. I, I had him uh, super high because mm-hmm. I think, you know, winning championships is huge. Yeah. Uh, um, working with LeBron or working against LeBron or just having LeBron all over you is, is also huge. Um, but I, th- I think he made every role player super effective these last three years. Yeah. And he... Uh, Outcoached uh, Steve Kerr for the greatest comeback of all time in basketball history. So I think um, that's pretty big. Yep. Totally fair. Where did you have him? I had him uh, eighth. Eighth. Nice. Cool. But yeah, like, you know, it is, is all, will always be that caveat of like LeBron's also kind of a coach. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, I think, um, yeah, having that, uh, like, uh, uh, I think Golden State finished with the best offensive ever, uh, offense ever in the playoffs, but Cleveland was there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Moving uh, on. I guess it's me. Um, well, ranking in then just above the median. I'm going to have our guy in there, uh, Dwayne Casey. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're at number 14, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty close to where I had him. This is this is where I had him. Um, I think I think I obviously have have just like the Homer frustration against him. He's developed he's developed some people very well. Some people have definitely improved greatly under his watch. He's, I think he's also stunted some people. I think his strategies leave a lot to be desired, and then he'll Who go. Who would you and, say that he's stunted? Uh, I would think he stunted JV a little bit, right? Um, but the Lithuanian coach hates yeah, JV way that's also more true. than Casey does. That's also true. Um, and I, I actually think I know that Lowry became who he is with us, but I think he's also hurt Lowry by just not sitting him and not. And I think he's maybe stunted our our players by not holding them accountable to some sort of a system that never was never designed. You know, I think it's just, it's little things, especially when we're at this point in the ranking, I feel like it's little things that are going to move you up and down. Yeah. Uh, um, pros, uh, uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph, uh, improved a lot, mm-hmm. uh, yep. under him. Um, Cabo close now, a huge star, as we all know. Yes. Um, that's a weird alternate reality. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I felt, yeah, I, I think he put a Baca in a better position to succeed than yep. Vogel yep. did. That's for sure. Certainly. Um, yep. I, I had him sixth. Uh, oh, I think wow. he's nice. always nice. done a good job Talk developing, me down. uh, people. Uh, so the first person in my top 10, who's been picked. Nice. Um, so cool. Yeah. Weirdly um, enough. I think uh, I think Casey is like a master developer, um, but I also think he's one of the very worst tacticians in the NBA. Yeah, has been out coaching every single playoff series he's been in, um, and I also think that uh, similar to Thibodeau, he uh, has injured many of his players by overplaying them. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think he's I think he's a coach with a lot of positives, a lot of negatives, mm-hmm. but as far as a player developer. 
Like, it doesn't get much better in the NBA. Well, I mean, like, like, could you imagine any other coach doing a better job with DeRozan? A guy okay, who can't. DeRozan, you can go through the list. DeRozan, yeah. Powell, like... like Patterson. The, Patterson. Patterson. Like, every player... Has as I Biombo as Biombo is probably the best, the example. best example for sure. He went from yes. being nothing yeah. to an eighteen million dollar <laughs> a year mistake. Yeah. Um, but uh, I but I also think he's like super rigid. Yeah, he has his system and can't really like adjust. And I think uh, as far as adjustments, uh, that's when you get clowned in the playoffs. Yeah. You can't make adjustments. And when you're when you like allow teams to take the first win every single playoff series, yeah, uh, it's gonna be tough to win. Yep. Yep. Um, cool. Friday thirteen. Um, okay, here we go. 13. Uh, I got, um, I had him much lower than this, uh-huh. uh, but, uh, I got, uh, Terry Stotts. Oh yeah. Stotts. Um, I think, he's always my forgotten guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think Stotts is like, all right. Um, uh, I think he gets some credit for Lillard. He also, um, uh, was there when Portland blew it up and he kept that team relevant. Yep. Uh, but he isn't overwhelmingly a good coach. But I also don't think he's had like a ton of talent. But like, yeah, uh, I don't want to take a Matt's player development points away. But mm. you know, I mean, no, no, go ahead. I don't care. Um, I, I think he's done a McCollum. I think he's yeah. done a pretty good job, basically, yeah. with everybody's hat. Um, yeah. but yeah, pretty good. Yep. I mean, like, uh, he Evan Turner for sure has not developed under him or no, really done or anything. Anyone. But that was really yeah. more uh, an asset mismanagement. Like, they he was a terrible, terrible fit, and then they overpaid him. Um, but yeah, Nurkic came in and was instantly a star. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Both uh, the backcourt, I'm yeah. blanking on their names for some reason. Lillard <laughs> and McCollum. McCollum uh, both crush uh, totally. under him. Uh, McCollum especially was a uh, development curve for sure. And he was a late pick, wasn't he, McCollum? I, uh, I think, think he was, was like in the er- like 12 or something, yeah, somewhere around there. Right. Um, Alan Crabb also. Like, Alan Crabb. Not lighting the world on fire, but, yeah, but got somehow got $20 million. Yeah. Um, another <laughs> fucking mistake last yeah. year yeah. Uh, by this team. Um, but yep, yep, those are my thoughts. Cool. Cool. Terry's thoughts. Number 12. I had him on uh, number uh, 10. Number 10, nice. Uh, this is me. This is I actually you. forgot about him. Uh, he slipped by me. Uh, number 26 on my list, Stan Van Gundy. I he I, I was so... I had such a tough I, time with Van Gundy. I was interested to see where you guys... Uh, uh, I, I also had... I had Van Gundy... I think I had him 25th uh, at one point, and then I forgot <laughs> to put him back in in later spots. Um, <laughs> it's weird that we're forgetting one of the most... One, memorable coaches. I think it's really because different. he's been so good, but my God, has this time in Detroit been bad? Yeah, it's been a real disaster. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, who, uh, I'm blanking a lot of names. Uh, starting point guard for Detroit. Jackson. Jackson, yeah. He's yeah. just done nothing with him. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah on, I mean, I Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond. Been uh, good, but bad. He's like, really, he really tried to develop Drummond, too. He gave him a ton of post steps. It just never really worked out. Uh, he's had a long time to kind of build something there. He hasn't really brought any unknown players to the work. Uh, yeah. He did a good job with Morris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stan Van Gundy, the GM, has also been pretty bad. Yep. Yeah. He, oh, he's been a disaster. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's a tale of uh, two cities because um, Orlando, uh, you know, he brought that team to the NBA Finals. He uh, basically was like super progressive by having four shooters on the floor, which is now what the NBA is. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of style points there. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had to deal with uh, Star, who basically sabotaged the franchise, and Dwight Howard. Um, but uh, everything in Detroit, not every single thing, but most most, most things in Detroit has been a disaster. Yeah. Right. So uh, forget where I had him. I think I had him at like um, nine. Oh yeah. But um, so maybe not as low as you guys, but. Uh, yeah. Has he had success outside of coaching Dwight Howard? I mean, I guess he had some success in Miami. Yeah, he was good that. in Miami. 
Oh uh, yes, uh, I didn't even think about Miami. He yeah. he actually was awesome in Miami and got kicked up by Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that I think is maybe where his wise repu- part partially wise reputation. That was a been long so time ago. Though. Very long yeah. time ago, but he did a really good job with yeah. Miami. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, eleven. I had uh, Jason Kidd, um, mostly on the strength of uh, having Joe Johnson bump him to him with a drink. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I said mostly, mostly having Joe Johnson bump into him with the drink. <laughs> spell. Um, no, uh, he's he's uh, done some great things in Milwaukee. Um, Giannis as the point guard is is really cool and fun, and uh, I don't know how much of it is his input, but the super length the super length team is just cool and fun. Um, I think he is a scummy guy, and I don't like to say a lot of nice things about him. No, I think that probably affected my ranking of him too, because he's yeah. like you know beats his wife and just seems like a real piece of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you gotta give him credit where it's due. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like in terms of player <laughs> development, he's obviously fucking really good at that. Yeah. Uh, Tony Snell, Brogdon, uh, Brogdon, Thon uh, 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 Maker, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Giannis, obviously, and scheme. He's yep. viciously yes. outcoached Casey. Yeah. In both times they've met up in the series yeah. yep um, um yeah he's got a fun system like he yeah uh jabari looked was just like good mm-hmm. even though it was my team that was getting like shamed i was like so happy that a guy like thon maker who'd been made fun of so oh, much yeah. was yeah. like he played the last 20 games of the season and then kids like you know what go for it yeah and thon totally like messed us up big time yeah. and i think like that's the type of things you need to do as a coach um but uh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Piece um, of shit. Number eight on my list. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so I think this guy, just looking at all the coaches he's ahead of, mm-hmm. uh, this is a massive mistake on all of our parts. Uh-huh. But uh, number 10, Luke Walton. Um, I have no idea how he made it to 10. He does not deserve to be the 10th best coach he in the NBA. Next on my list. He's I... coached like 90 games. Um, well, he did coach Golden State, Golden State to, a perfect, perfect, to an undefeated yeah, perfect, record. Perfect record. That means a lot. Which deserves something. No, it, it deserves something. Uh, and then in L.A., uh, it, was, it was a bit of a mess. Uh, but he also didn't do much with that mess. Mm. Um, uh, he, he hit the reset button in a He fun was also yeah. kind of told to tank the shit out of that team. Yeah. Totally. Like. Yeah. Um, yeah, they shut down guys. Like They shut down like Dang with like yeah. 40 yeah, games yeah. left. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I just feel like he has not done enough to to be tenth. But at the same time, everything he's done has been good. Yep. So yep. you know, right in the middle for me for Walton. Um, uh, obviously, Russell didn't do any wonders for his uh, mm-hmm. trade value. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, he got a ton out of Nick Young, which is probably like the best example of someone making something out of nothing in the last few years. <laughs> and actually, Lou Williams yes. played even yep. better than he Lou did in Williams. Toronto. Yep. So he clearly has an he's able to communicate to players yeah. and have and put them in a position to succeed so that means a lot to me yeah. um but yeah Russell kind of D'Angelo was a bit of a mis- disappointment all right uh, oh for me nine, next yes. uh Scotty Brooks somehow yeah. cre- nice he was another he was another guy who <laughs> snuck into the top 10 <laughs> there's a weird list that I am partially responsible for ruining um yeah Scotty Brooks I don't know don't really have like he was right in the middle 15 on my list um don't really yeah. have too much to say about Scotty Brooks uh in terms of player development uh you got a lot out of Bradley Beal last year but I don't know if that just has to do with the fact that Beal had his first yeah. healthy season yeah um Morris he kind of like is doing a decent job communicating with him mm-hmm. um Walls looking I don't know good I don't really have too much to say he did it like I, I the Perkins thing for some reason even like impacts me when he was in charge of uh OKC that 
time could have been used to develop players. Uh, whatever, Sky Brooks around the middle. Cool. Um, I actually would have guessed that uh, this guy would be higher uh, in previous oh, wait, can, years. Are, are, oh, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go for Scotty Brooks. Sorry, he got all my points. Um, yeah, Scott Brooks' uh, player development has uh, raised three MVPs. So uh, you got Westbrook, Durant, and Harden, uh, all under Scott Brooks' tutelage. Um, he didn't really have – he has some, some of the same problems with Casey. Right. But, he only coached one of those to an MVP of the three. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. one one guy won the MVP under him. Yeah. But the, all of their first five years in the NBA were under That's fair. him. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, all those guys he developed, basically. Um, and then he went to Washington and gave them uh, – he, he, uh, he took them from not being in the playoffs to third place. I know it's in the East, but – I think Scott Brooks is one of the most overly criticized coaches in the NBA. He just looks like an idiot. I think that's why people don't like him. He's got, Fair enough. He's got the Del Negro thing going yeah, on. The Vinny Del Negro just like face. Those weird glasses. Fair. Yeah. yeah, needs new glasses. Um, all right, yeah. So moving on to number eight. Uh, I think I would have had him higher in recent years. I think he's still a good coach, but uh, things have been getting weird for him. Mike Budenholzer. Buds. Coach Bud. I like him. I think he's like got some real good strategy. Um, got that, got that Atlanta team just to do wonderful things. Um, but also, you know. he's also got that, like a, a little bit of that, like GM kind of like taint on him mm-hmm. because yeah. it's, it seems like that's a theme here. Yeah. All these guys, like a lot of their bad moves are as GM. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, I guess as replaced, a coach, right? you kind of have to take responsibility. You have to put that on the coach a little bit if you're the yeah. GM, even right. Like you wanted this player, exactly. So you got him. It's yeah. your fault. Yeah. You know? Oh no, no, no. But yeah. I, no, but I and mean, he like, was also acting as GM. I think that, that, for that, a sorry, couple that's, of years. That, which that's is, what I'm saying. The yeah. guys who are who are coaches and act as GM. Yeah. When they act as GM, they like screw themselves over as coaches. Yes. And that relationship. It's weird how it shouldn't be one. Seldom position. that works out. Yeah. Um, uh, player development. I had him number five. I really probably yeah. could have even put him up to like yeah. number two. Yeah. Yeah. Even even Torian Prince now. Torian yeah. yes. Prince, yeah. um, who I liked coming out of the draft. Uh, yeah. Oh, Bazemore, mm-hmm. uh, Carroll, Corver, uh, Millsap. Yeah. Um, Teague. Teague. Everybody who comes into his system ends up becoming more valuable, except for Dwight Howard. But I mean, what? Yeah. That's, what can that's, you do? That's just a long list. Yeah. An aging center. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, whatever. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Love him. Great. Yep. Number seven. Uh, number seven, I got Quinn Snyder. Yeah, me too. Uh, oh. I thought Quinn Snyder, I think he is is um, basically like nearly flawless because uh, he just hasn't won enough to be like up in the upper echelons. Mm-hmm. He's super smart, has great system, had the best defense in the NBA last year. Um, it's hard to think of a player who he's had who's – Who's not done well? Yeah, uh, like uh, as far as like the Exum yet, but um, Exum, yeah, that's 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 one. But like uh, like guys like George Hill and Favors, been a lot of uh, injury mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Exum too has been a lot of injury. I think stuff. getting the team and through Favors, injuries. he was like doing a good job before he just started getting injured as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so most guys, you know, Gobert uh, is like a, yeah, a top like like fifteen NBA player. Uh, Joe Ingles. Yeah. Uh, Everybody. Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood. Uh, yeah. Hayward. Yeah, Hayward. Obviously. Yep. I mean, yeah. Uh, for he, me, I. Had him. He's fantastic. Like, I had him in my malaise of like number four through nine, basically. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had him uh, at the tail end of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Exum, you know, he came out of an Australian high school and then mm-hmm. tore his ACL, I believe, yes. was the injury. So yeah. I mean, like, who knows what he even is? Totally. Right? Yeah. Um, so I am not going to knock him for that. But yep, like like him a lot. Looks like a uh, late, a third act um, Wolf of Wall Street character when yes. he's freaking out. On the I was going to say style points, 100%. best rage face in the league. For oh, sure. unbelievable! Yeah, yeah, just like yeah, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, very inspired by yeah, Quinn Snyder. Nice. Uh, next on my list, uh, I had him at number 14, Brad Stevens. Uh, Ooh, yeah, I, I love that you had him at 14. I, oh. I had him lower as well. Um, somehow survived. Uh, Brad Stevens, uh, he's done some good stuff. Uh, obviously, uh, he put Isaiah Thomas into a position to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, I Developed think, Avery I think Bradley he's pretty of, nicely. Yep, Avery Bradley. Uh, got a lot of good stuff out of Evan Turner. To be fair, though, he's had so many first-round picks come in, and yes. not too many of them have turned into anything uh, interesting. I think he's kind of the most overrated coach in he the entire league. He is the most overrated coach in the NBA. I don't think that makes him bad, so I guess we're in that We're overrating now, too. Um, well, yeah, because because but but success and like like I think he's he has made yeah he has good system good play calling stuff so mm-hmm. I think like that's like yeah he's he's had success with not like amazing rosters so I think and I also think the fact that he's from Boston we, everyone just hears about every single accomplishment he does yes for sure mm-hmm. especially because uh, of the Simmons influence and the Ringer podcast yeah. crew yes. which is just a bunch of sycophants that will only you know I'm not a fan of Boston but I really respect what they're doing yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. every single fucking podcast he totally has. Um, but yeah uh, yeah I don't know I'm not a I think he's fine you know but I, I i mean like that team got al, Hor- al horford in the past year and got a little bit better yeah uh not really noticeably better so i'm interested to see what he does with uh now that he actually has talent and he had like one of the most efficient seasons in nba history offensively from his lead point guard um who is five foot seven or five yeah. foot nine or seven seven or something yeah i think he's uh, listed coming, five nine yeah but, and yeah. is coming off uh, hip injury that has turned out to be a degenerative hip injury. Yeah. So we'll see how That's that be turns scary. out next year. Yep. Yeah, totally. It, it, the, this is the year of judgment on Brad Stevens because he has a really good roster and he has like five small forwards. It's, I mean, like he, he had a team that like is – primed for making a coach look like a genius where you just yes. have yeah. all these defensive, yes. hardworking yeah. players 100%. like smart and and shoot threes. Yep. And, and shoot threes. Yeah. Honestly, if we're going to be, if we're going to be real about this, Danny Ainge is a real MVP. Mm. He conned of, of the league. You know, yes. No, no, but he, league MVP. He conned Brooklyn and he yeah. just is like make, makes fantastic trade after fantastic trade. Yeah. Trading Bradley was very smart. Of course you don't trade Crowder. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways. Yep. Cool. All right. We're in the top five. Um, this is a tough one for me because I like all these guys a bunch. These were my top five. Um, so my number five basically uh, boils down to rings, and it's going to be Mike D'Antoni because he's got the least of them. Mm. Um, you know, he's a master tactician. I think he's shown that he's done some special things. He was pre-revolutionary with the Seven Seconds or Less Sons, which is now what the league is. And uh, and I think I think he's amazing. I think he just hasn't won in the playoffs yet. Yep. Um, I had him number four. Uh, every team, every player does better with him. You can go all the way back to Nash. Quentin Richardson left there and was a disaster. Yeah. Um, I mean, Joe, Joe Johnson was developing. I, I'll call that a wash. Uh, Marion played his best under him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stoudemire, uh, this year he completely uh, rehabilitated the worth of Eric Gordon. Yep. Um, uh, Ryan Anderson had one of his best years. Uh, Harden had his best year. Uh, Beverly had his best year. So, I mean, like, yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, you you got to okay. put them up there. Yeah. I think I think you guys uh, basically covered everything. I don't use this term lightly. Mike D'Antoni is a basketball genius. Yeah. Oh, he is a yeah, legit. He certainly uh, is. There's a reason he's with Team USA. He is like one of the smartest basketball minds that uh, has ever been. He's fantastic. Uh, has never won a ring. I use, this, yeah. uh, I use this term very loosely. Um, Yoki <laughs> Stewart is a basketball genius. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I also had him four because I think like, you know, playoffs, winning championships, they do matter, especially when you get to this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it me? Yeah. Um, I would love to see this guy with not the best mm-hmm. roster ever assembled. Oh, I, know who you're saying, I have yeah. Steve Kerr. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. He is my... Uh, yeah. He was my he was my um, number five. Uh, I don't know what to say. He's he's very creative. He's awesome. He has the best roster that's ever been assembled. And I know I said I wouldn't take points away for that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he clearly created a culture or has totally. Helped do he's, it. he's so good in so many ways. But I mean, I, Mike Brown looked pretty good coaching this. Totally, there's, there's he did. That. He did. Um, but yeah, I think Steve Kerr. He's just done a really, really like. It's like I just. I think he's one of those coaches where if you if you you really have to look for faults, right? Yeah, with him to to go to the player uh, development curve though. He took over a team that was kind of oh like pretty good. Yeah, um, under um, Mark Jackson. Yeah, um, <laughs> but then you know uh, Curry the got ever. a lot better. Uh, Thompson uh, he. Uh, like green uh, really shows stuff due to a David Lee injury, but still uh, was there. Um, and really, I don't know. I, I think he does a good job developing players. Uh, Sean Livingston uh, had his best time. And I, he just seems like one of those guys who's able to really communicate well yeah. uh, and keep everyone on the same page. He seems to cool. maximize people yes. in a lot of ways. Well, uh, I, I just want to say we all clearly have the same top three. That's I think so, cool. right? Yep, we yeah. do. Um, funny. Who's your number three? My number three is Eric, the Red Spolstra. Me too. Yeah. Oh, wow. I bet we had the same time. Okay, yeah, I guess we're going probably, chalk the rest yeah. of the way here, probably. Yep. Um, um, I mean, last year was a, was good, was a big thing for me. I wish they were in the playoffs. That would have been so fun. Yep. Yeah, it would have been a really fun team for uh, any of those top two to go against. I yeah. think they maybe could have taken Boston. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Whiteside is not a good matchup for uh, Al Horford. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, I don't know. Really. So th- they didn't get anyone new coming in, right? They just basically brought the team back? Uh, I think so. Oh, uh, Olenek. Are you, t- are you talking about Miami? Olenek, yeah. Miami right. had the weirdest offseason yeah. of all time. They gave uh, Olenek a ton of money. They gave... James Johnson a ton of money. James, they gave James Johnson way too much money. Um, but yeah, they got, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, got, they yeah. have an interesting interesting team, and it seems like Waiters might be for real, so that's cool. Yep, Waiters, yeah. yep. Uh, yep, I think we all agree that Spolster is good. Yeah, Spolster is like he—he's one of those guys, like similar to Quinn Snyder, like good at everything. Certainly. So he, he yeah. so he—he's the only person who's ever made LeBron sacrifice in any way. Mm. Um, you know, won championships, uh, was amazing. Went to four straight finals. Uh, also uh, with Wade prior to LeBron, uh, really outcoached yeah, took, those teams. Took some tough um, Miami teams into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah into he, like four seeds. Yeah, he—he's one of those guys who's just like he does everything good. Yeah. So. Cool. Uh, am I number two? Yep. Um, Rick Carlisle. Yep. Go ahead. Rick Carlisle. Yeah, exactly. I know. Imagine you said Carlyle. pop and be like, pardon me. <laughs> well, I was originally going to go with like style, like personal style as my criteria, uh-huh. uh, which would have really hurt pop. Would have hurt pop. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ruin the list completely. Unless you're like CIA undercover. Like, <laughs> you like that style. That's um, true. I'm very excited for the Mavs this year. I think I think they got a super fun team with a lot of people who could play really well against each other. And if Dirk has anything left in the tank, I'm going to be so happy to see him use it. And yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, the championship run was was magnificent. He's 
He's certainly maximized his rosters over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. I'm just um, putting him number two just because it seems like J.J. Barrera is garbage unless Carlisle's <laughs> coaching yeah. him, and then he's somehow, again, a good player. So Remember like, how Jose was part of the best, one of the best offenses and, oh, yeah. and defenses? Oh, yeah. I forgot about yeah. uh, Calderon. Yep. Yeah. I mean, no, he's he's fantastic. Like, uh, we'll obviously get to Popovich, but like, if Popovich wasn't so much better than yeah. everyone else in the NBA, Carlisle would be the best coach. Like, he's yeah. he's fantastic. Like, yeah. he does every single yeah, thing. Brandon good. Wright was looked like an NBA player when he played yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, Tyson Chandler had his best ball in. Yeah, totally. Um, Nerlens Noel career got saved basically. Yeah, we'll see with him. Yeah. Has he been resigned yet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, what was his contract? Is. Do you know? I can't remember. I don't think it was insane. Hmm. Cool. Anyway, yeah, number one, we all know who he is. Uh, number yeah. one, Greg Popovich. Uh... Hi, yo. His theme song. Yeah, his theme song. <laughs> Every <Show's> press conference. <laughs> um, it's my yeah. favorite song. It's four seconds long. It doesn't get in the way. It makes me feel happy. I mean, we, we barely need to talk about Popovich. If you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, um, you know about him. You probably know how good he is. And... Um, yeah, he's coached the best defensive teams. He's coached the best offensive team. He's changed so many times um, through so many different he cultures. Was, he was gifted maybe the most like malleable, like cohesive superstar of all time. Also a personality take, match, though. You can't take that away from him. I don't. I don't think Kawhi he, Leonard was not, was not considered was a seventeenth pick or something. Mm. Yeah, in some ways, what he's done with Kawhi is more impressive than what he did with Duncan. Because yeah. there's a part of me that thinks that. Wherever, uh, I was gonna say Matt Duncan. <laughs> wherever, wherever Duncan went, I feel like would have won five championships. But um, yeah, I don't know Duncan's that Kawhi would have been special. this anywhere else. Totally, I, I, exactly. It's not just Duncan. It's it's you know it's you just go through the long like, Parker fi- even you know Finley yeah, Jackson going. Parker Manu, everything. Patty like Mills. Jackson, do you mean uh, Stephen Jackson? Yes. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. He won yeah. a championship. All the, way, all the way back in the day, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Stephen Jackson is the only guy. It's like he went to the Spurs, fit in, won a championship, and then was like a bit of a problem. And then and it was then, like, I'm too crazy to Then stay they're here. like, okay, get out of here. Yeah. Yep. Like, you want to talk about trade value? George Hill. Um, you know, it's just every everything they do is good. So. Yeah. Yep. Cool. And, uh, and also, uh, great drafting, too. So great yes. drafting. Absolutely. Fantastic drafting. Uh, Matt Duncan hates the Spurs, but uh, fair enough. You got to hate some, right? <laughs> oh, well, he also like you know did go back to something that's also smart in terms of uh, you know just being a coach in a eighty-two game season, not playing people a lot. Yeah, also helps with the player development a ton and really gives yeah. you a chance to know what you have. Hundred percent gives, gives you young guys high stakes Aaron situations. Bullyan, mm-hmm. totally. He he created like managing minutes. Yeah, or he mastered it anyways. Yeah, like there's a reason. All that's a guy who changes his style depending on where the league is. No going. kidding. He talks about when he first played the Suns uh, in the playoffs, how he was like, I need to rework what I'm doing with basketball. He's a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. certainly. His, uh, rants against Trump. Mwah, very mm-hmm. good. Totally. Anti-kid in terms of oh, person off the court. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Seriously. I mean, you, you, you know, in terms of player development, the life lessons that kids giving his players are terrible. Yes. Uh, because he's yeah. a terrible human being. Yeah. Yeah. Take that, Jason Kidd. Yeah, the Kobe <laughs> Bryant of coaches. <laughs> I like it. I don't like him. I no. like it. Yeah, yeah. I like that uh, analysis. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for sticking around and listening to the podcast. This, yeah. was, this was fun. Now uh, we rank all the assistant coaches. Yeah. One fifty to one. <laughs> uh, I think what we might do is there's a uh, there's a give me some Raptors basketball there. We're going to post a podcast there. Yeah. Um, post we, the list. Get some should, arguments going. We should going. maybe post the list and then post our individual lists. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll is post that, my list. That will get uh, with no no explanation. I'll yeah. just put it there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Top coach. Although I, I think even if we post this. This list will probably get ripped on, but it'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Great. Thanks, guys. 
Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Just, wait. just before we head, uh, yeah. Matt, you got anything coming up you want to, uh, or Matthew McCready? Sure. Um, every single Friday night at the Social Capital Theater on Bro- near Broadview and Danforth, I uh, produce and uh, perform in $12 Beer Beer Comedy Show, a weekly uh, show. I perform in a troupe with uh, Mark Little and Kyle Dooley and uh, Natalie Metcalf, Amanda Quart- Parker, and Colin Sharp. Uh, it's uh, $12, gets you two beers and a ticket. So it's a good deal. If I, awesome, if right? I can step on the toes, I've, I've, I've been in it. I've been to watch it a bunch of times. I feel it is one of the best improv shows in the entire city, and you're a fool if you don't go. Oh, thank you. Are you on Twitter, Matt? Uh, I started a fake Fringe okay. review uh, <laughs> project this year, and I somehow got at Toronto Fringe as my Twitter and Instagram <laughs> That's handle. Insane. So, uh, okay. if you want to follow somebody who never posts anything, yeah. uh, please look me up there. Right? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty great. Follow him. Thanks, everybody. Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? been the confederacy of dunks we're in the fun house all summer long thanks for listening uh subscribe on itunes and stitcher and go to dunkspodcast.com for everything else you can listen there too and uh yeah we'll see you in august so enjoy the rest of july